On the Lords of Grantham podcast, we watched Season 2, Episode 2 of Downton Abbey. In that episode, Edith partook in some uh, home-wrecking business, and uh, it was not a good look uh, for anyone involved. And uh, World War I was raging on, and uh, we got the introduction of Sir Richard Carlyle. So this week on our random journey through Downton Abbey episodes, we are watching Season 4, Episode 6. Let's see what's in store. And we're back. Season four, episode six of Down Abbey. That's right. We're back. Another random episode on, on our journey through old episodes of Downton. You know, we've already covered all these. You can always go back and listen to them in chronological order, but we're just uh, surfing through Downton at the moment. And yeah, we kind of this was this wasn't supposed to happen. No, no. You texted me, Dave, saying we need to revisit the Pigman. <laughs> this I was did. not the Pigman episode. <laughs> no, but I, the thing is, I don't know how, I, and I really don't want to look too far because I like there to be some element of surprise in what I'm going to watch. Mm-hmm. So I googled um, Charles Blake Pig, Downton Abbey episodes, and four point six came up, and I said I got to make sure. And then I Googled it again. I said, like, Charles Blake, pig farming, Downton Abbey episode, mm-hmm. 4.6. And then I start watching it, and I'm about 15 minutes in, and I'm like, I don't know where Charles Blake is. So I Googled it again and with another wording in 4.6, but there's no pig farming. We'll have to get to it another time. We we watched season four, episode six, and it was worthwhile. I think I think we stumbled onto a good one, a very yeah, good one. Absolutely. Um, before we get to that, though, I mean, there's a couple pieces uh, to cover. Um, you know, we've we've been getting ongoing feedback to our episode about you know looking towards uh, Downton Abbey to the movie, and we got mm-hmm. one this week uh, on Instagram from Lori, and she uh, suggested or, or made the uh, you know the suggestion of what if Violet dies, and Tom and Lucy Smith, the the girl he's with, marries and has a daughter, and then they name her Violet. Uh, okay. <laughs> what do you think of that, Dave? Do you, do you, would you fine. be all in on that? Well, I do feel like the Dowager does warm up to Branson mm-hmm. in a very interesting way. So I guess I would be. I think we would need... I feel like Mary and um, Henry Talbot having a daughter and naming the daughter Violet mm-hmm. is much more on brand because I feel like Mary is... Closer, maybe. Mary is Mary is She's the family. Dowager 40 years prior. Yeah, that's true. I, I feel like as much as you said, yeah, the Branson and the Dowager do get close, but I feel like they never get close enough to where you could see that happening, where he names the, the baby after her. I don't know. Maybe that's just too much to cover in one movie, too. Maybe by the third movie, they can get there. Yeah, unless we just do time jumps, which we can. I mean, I'm fine with that. It's Downton Abbey. We've done it in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> it's interesting. It's a, the- it's a theory. It's an ongoing conversation we have uh, in general. You know, this came up in the Fast and Furious movies <laughs> where, you know, spoiler alert, but the, the Dom names his son after uh, his friend O'Connor, Brian O'Connor. And mm-hmm. we were talking about this the other day. Would you name your child after someone you know who's still alive? It's not the same as the Dowager passing, but would would I don't know. There's just something weird about it, but I feel like it's okay. Dave, you're not. You're you're not. I think it's, think I think it's, okay it's strange. <laughs> so you're not. I've also never seen a ha- We only have like two or th- two or three babies in our social circle, so it's like, who are we to judge? We haven't really seen it. Okay. But imagine being like, well, who'd you name your your baby your son after? It's like, well, my friend. Well, oh, that's a great tribute to your friend. Oh, he's still with us. <laughs> hey, man, that's friendship. What are friends for? For naming babies. That's the whole, whole, whole reason we have friends. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, the other piece of news I want to talk about was in the Wall Street Journal this week. They had an article on, uh, you know, houses like Highclear uh, out in London that because of the the lockdowns and and COVID restrictions just had a huge, massive dip in uh, traffic of of tourism this past year. Mm -hmm. And the story pretty much covered that these people who own these, you know, these lots, you know, these huge pieces of huge pieces of land and these nice houses were left alone <laughs> and to themselves to clean it up and, and uh, try and 
do some upkeep on these houses, which is kind of a humorous situation to think about. You know, you don't have any Carson or, or Hughes or anyone around to help you. They're literally or having, to, yeah, or, or Lily. Uh, I think they did. They did mention their their butler or the house person in the, in the article, but not as many hands to help out with uh, keeping the the houses up to date. So a lot of just dusting the bookshelves manually on their own. Uh, they, and they what is that? What are these possessions to these people? You know, in reality. And I, mean, I think this is a this is a good episode to talk about. What do these possessions mean to these people? Well, Dave, you called it out from the article, but one of them is you know a urine bottle from World War One that they found. Uh, <laughs> what does it mean? I don't know. It, they have it. In but that was that wasn't Lady Carnarvon. That was another. Uh, that was another house. Another house. But either way, I, I mean, I feel like the impression that we've got in about the Carnarvons in particular is they're they're smart and they're like industrious. You know, the fact that mm-hmm. Downton is at their house. Is is great foresight from them to keep their legacy going. Yeah, and, and, and I I think um, High Clear Class our interview with the High Clear Class Gin people, they said that Lady Carnarvon is very hands on as far as even being in the garden. And if you watch some of their videos on YouTube, you see her like doing all that stuff. So I, I feel like they're good. And they had the live streams last year too from inside their house. I think they still do them every every like other week or something. Yeah, it's good. Um, but for some of these other people, <laughs> they're just left alone, and they're they're actually kind of saying it's it's they kind of don't mind not having the people coming uh, through all the time. They, they they actually come to enjoy the, the the space that they have. Who knew? You you don't say. Yeah, you like their you like your house without <laughs> yeah. strangers and suits standing the around why every people, time you eat. Yeah, the reason why people come through is just to see your house. You know, like wow, you get to enjoy it. What a concept. Yeah, uh, yeah. Dave, was there anything else you want to talk about before we get to the episode? No. Should there be? Am I missing something? Are you trying to lead me into something? I mean, the only other thing is that uh, pictures were released of uh, Lily James. Uh, cousin Rose as Pamela Anderson in uh, that uh, TV show that she's doing where she's Pamela Anderson and Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee. And uh, wow. she so, looked unrecognizable. So who's a better Tommy Lee, Sebastian Stan or Machine Gun Kelly? I don't know. I don't I don't keep up with Tommy Lee uh, <laughs> biopics or whatever. Okay. I mean, Sebastian Stan's a weird call, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't quite see it. Uh, but Lily James does not look like Cousin Rose at all. But you, you on that, say. yeah, uh, on that, uh, you know, topic, this is a he- Cousin Rose heavy episode. You don't say. I guess we yeah. don't even need to really like, there's no like big plot that, because there's no, the pig man is barely in this episode. Yeah. So we can just attack this however we see fit. This honestly, I feel like because, I mean, because the A plot is kind of like, eh, you know, it's whatever. This to me feels like as enjoyable as it is a very much by the books episode of Downton where not too much happens, but it moves the ball along. You know, it's not filled with momentous moments uh, as we as we've seen. Well, the A plot is a Lady Rose plot, I would think, in this episode. Right. Right. Or would right. you say it was Lady Mary? No, I, I would say it's that, and it's kind of like, all right, you know. <laughs> if yeah, I feel like the A plot up there. There's like two important plots downstairs and one really important plot upstairs and yeah, the rest I, I, of it is just sort of I, I, I guess I am underselling the, the major moments but when they pertain to side characters that we barely get, care about you know how important are they really mm-hmm. so what do we want to tackle first do we want to tackle Alfred yeah let's 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 do that one Alfred got it he, he's at first he says that he doesn't have that job and Daisy's mm-hmm. giving him the toast first before Mr. Carson warm toast she she is you know, made some toast for everyone downstairs, and she serves it to Alfred first because she's so happy that he's staying put. Mm-hmm. And as he said, Carson's like, yeah, "I want the toast." <laughs> like, I want my pick of the bread first. Nope. Who cares? It's just bread. <laughs> but then um, we see, we see that he gets the letter like a scene later that he's he he's accepted. Yeah, he he finished like fifth in the cooking class, so it was good enough. <laughs> Whatever he, he made, he finished sixth. And the guy who was like fourth mm-hmm. couldn't go, so he got yeah. the bump. Right, that that's what happened. So Daisy goes from being happy that he gets to stay and, and trying to cheer him up uh, with giving him toast and stuff, to now being down the dumps, dumps because all of a sudden Alfred uh, has his calling. He has to get going. And, and who does she take it out on? Everyone. <laughs> well, who does specifically? Who does she take it out on? Ivy. Ivy. Yeah, poor Ivy. I don't think Ivy deserves this. Rough episode for Ivy. 
Oh yeah, not a great, not a great Ivy app. She 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 cites uh, Ivy as the reason why he's leaving. That he she's the one who drove him away. Yeah, because she wanted Jimmy instead. Mm-hmm. He wanted to leave, and if only he wanted Daisy, he would have been fine. If only Which he knew is what a, he had. Not not a not a very mature way to think about things. She's a child, man. What, what do you expect out of Daisy? She's got to be in her early twenties at this point. <laughs> I don't know, man. They play fast and loose with her age, so. <laughs> She like a Simpson? She's perpetually eighteen or seventeen. Might as well be, <laughs> with the way he treated her. But yeah, Alfred is is heading on his way out, and um, you know we just say you know before he leaves, he wants to let the the Crawleys know how he how he feels about them. You know, yeah, and he, he he says a very nice thing, and he says Mr. Carson was what does he say? A kind uh, and wonderful teacher. And Mr. Carson is kind of like hmm. Yeah, Carson's like. Come on, man! Don't do this in front of me, man! Don't embarrass me in front of the people. And they take it well. Robert takes it well. Although he's kind of like, Are you, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> we're, we're glad to have treated you well, and, and yeah, you're that you're grateful. <laughs> but then he calls him like a gentleman later. He's like, you, you said something nice about me. That's like the nicest thing anyone says about Alfred at all in all these episodes. <laughs> Alfred, or I mean Carson. Carson is Carson says that Alfred is a gentleman. Right. And, and, oh, okay, and I, yeah. Yeah, because Alfred's an oaf, <laughs> in my opinion. Uh, hey, as as the people in the Lord of Grant the Blonde love the, the trash talk Alfred, he, I didn't pay attention to him walking this episode. It's okay. he he hey, walks funny. Think? Doesn't he walk funny? I didn't pay attention. I forgot. Oh, well, uh, yes. I mean, at, at, always. He's always walking a little bit like he's he's got to go somewhere. Um, so we do get a little bit of Ivy in this episode with Jimmy. And we, we, ha- let's just we got to put the bow on Alfred. What's the bow? He goes to leave, and Daisy won't give him the time of day. And then oh, she yeah. softens up, and she's like, oh, "I'm so sorry, I didn't say goodbye. Good luck, you're gonna be good." And then he just leaves, and that's it. <laughs> you forgot your toast. <laughs> but he's like, "Sorry, I didn't love you, Daisy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what he says. Like, you know, I, I wish I could have liked you, but you know, I'm blind. I don't know. <laughs> Just not smart. He's like, Look, I like the one that looks just like you, but a little taller, a little more mature. A little prettier. I mean, come on. Ivy's prettier than Daisy. I think they're kind of very similar. Okay. You, 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 I don't. I, I disagree, but sure. Okay. Either way. So, yeah. So, d- speaking of Ivy, she's mm-hmm. she goes to see a movie with Jimmy. Yeah. And they come back and they sit on the bench and I don't know why they haven't done this more on the show where you know after a night out they just kind of hang outside on the on the lawn uh, on the bench and they get to kissing and mm-hmm. they get to more kissing and you know with Jimmy and his strokes he, he, he's got <laughs> he's got more on his mind and Ivy's not here for it and it, it, it's just funny because like Jimmy like leans in and then Ivy's like no 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 we gotta go we gotta get out of here mm-hmm. And then Jimmy's like, "Hey, I took you to a show. I took you to the movie. What are you What are you talking about?" And then they leave. And then we see in a later scene, Ivy says something like, "He asked me to do something that that most married like you don't ask until marriage." And I was like, "How did he have the time to do that?" Because in this scene, he, they go from like smooching to J- mm-hmm. Jimmy like leaning in to Ivy saying, "Uh uh-uh. uh," and then Jimmy says, "You know." I took you to the movie. I took you to the show. Yeah, and then they're gone. Well, I think it's intimated what he had in mind, and she could she picked up on those signals. I think we're supposed to kind of read in between. But then she said he asked for something. <laughs> so right, right. I mean, he doesn't have to verbally say it so much, you know, for her to to get that. Well, I don't know. I mean, it's it's, a, it's good on her for saying no and getting out of there when she before mm-hmm. getting taken advantage of. For sure. Uh, but the the one thing I will say on this though is you know they've been playing hot and cold for a good season and a half at this point so it is kind of funny to me how yeah we do kind of just see him going for an extra kiss lean a little harder and and all of a sudden she's like no what why are you thinking that and it's like i don't know why he'd be thinking that <laughs> maybe just a past season and a half of build up i don't know you don't but, say yeah so yeah didn't didn't work out for jimmy this time he'll get a, he'll get a stroke in another time i hope um oh we know he will <laughs> he absolutely will uh but ivy uh she's kind of left to just settle and feel bad i'm sorry sorry for her. i feel sorry for her. i don't i mean i feel like ivy gets a bad luck this episode and it's unfair 
Mm-hmm. But it's not reflective of Ivy because I think Ivy takes a high ground in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunate to be put in that position. Similarly, uh, let's get this out of the way. Anna <laughs> and Bates. Uh, yeah, we're in the we're in the back half of the Mr. Green situation. Mm-hmm. It's still kind of unclear uh, if Bates knows exactly what happened. He, uh, yeah, he knows what happens, but I don't know if he knows who, that it was Green. Right. That That's what it is. And Anna's back living in the cottage with Mr. Bates. Mm-hmm. And they say, let's go on a date. Yeah. I mean, but we before they go on a date, though, we get the classic thing line of, you know, she asks oh, him a penny oh, for iconic, your thoughts. Iconic. And he, he tells her, you'd play, pay twice, you know, for the, than that, a penny for your thoughts, because your husband is a brooder. And brooder's brood. This is, he's sitting on the stairs, too. He's like got his hand on. In the dark. Looking into the sky. <laughs> yeah. Imagine that's your husband. You're like, hey, what are you thinking? He's like, I'm not going to tell you. It's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, figure it out. You know People, me. Hey, the Lords of Grant the Blonde were very much in the the world of when we asked why why is Bates mm-hmm. the way Bates is, or is Bates attractive if you're a female? The answer was yes, because Brood is Brood. If you're into that kind of darkness, yeah, he's got it in spades <laughs> for you. <laughs> and, and is into that kind of darkness. Absolutely. I mean, they go home together, and we see a pitch black room lit by this like furious candlelight. You know, and we see his his horns. <laughs> yeah, up. they emerge. Yeah, but he suggests, yeah, let's go get some dinner. You know, this will kind of help them forget about things. Yeah, they said they need a reset button. You know, just let's sort of like start over. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where this restaurant is that they go to or how they get to it exactly. It's the rare uh, dinner. Uh, outing well, it's in it's it's not far but it's mm-hmm. a little fancy yeah it's a little bit outside their village because yeah it's it's a little ritzy and it's it's it's, it's ritzy to the point that it's like an snl sketch there's just a, a doofus mm-hmm. maitre d who won't let them in right even though they made it reservations their kind's not welcome uh he literally steps behind the podium and looks anna up and down and says i think you don't have a reservation yeah and he says, and you don't have a home. reservation because uh, we're full because uh, Lady Lady Crawley, Lady Grantham is here with mm-hmm. the squad from the hospital. The the rare outing of, of a Grantham uh, from their household. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then Cora like, comes over and she's like, what's up? Yeah, let's get them seated, right? <laughs> well, he's like, well, do you actually know these people? And she's like, yeah, that's these are my staff. This is the man who dresses my husband, sees him in the nude daily. This is my the her. This is the uh, one who servant. dresses my daughter. Sees her in the nude daily. Of course, I know these two. <laughs> and you know, you yeah, might as well have seen me in the nude. <laughs> and how about you, sir? All right then. <laughs> I feel and, like this is um, this dude like the Jolo Trulio from Brooklyn Nine Nine like forgot like to that. catch his flight to play this bit part. Yeah, no, I can see the similarity there. Uh. So yeah, he sits them down to dinner, and they 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 have a evening out, and doesn't stop Anna from from crying at dinner. Yeah, she she's like, I can't I can't handle this because I mean she's still in a very rough emotional state, mm-hmm. and she said that she feels like every time you know like Bates sees her, there he th- sees all these you know imperfections and the fact that she's tainted by this experience that she had. Mm-hmm. And Bates has another iconic line here. I didn't copy it down. What does he say? Um, every time I remember what you went through, I want to murder. <laughs> uh, you know, we've all been there. He, I don't know if Bay should be saying these things, period, because he's he, been in jail for murder. He was murder. convicted for murder. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> say like, a little this, lo- this, this is an instance where Anna should just say, like, uh-uh, hey, brooder, go brood, brood. Don't say it out loud. Mm-hmm. Brood. It must be one of those things where he's, like, feeling himself, you know, where, like, Cora let them into this restaurant. They can get away with murder, you know, so he might as well just say it. <laughs> it makes but me they, want to murder. they can't get away with it because Cora overhears him and then says it mm-hmm. later. She's like, I heard about the Bateses. I know something happened, and it really struck I feel so bad for them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much them this episode. <laughs> yeah. But that Cora overhearing that and saying it brings us to Baxter and Barrow. Right, which is a pretty thin plot line, but one that carries on throughout the season where Barrow threatens to reveal Baxter's uh, dreadful secret. Um, you know, that she she stole some things, I think, at some point. And, uh, yeah, so he, she 
her ex or, or yeah, a man in her life. That. So Beryl commissions Baxter to find out more about Hughes's secret, but along the way she finds out the other secret that Cora shares with uh, Robert about Anna and Bates. Yeah, and well, the other secret is is the, there's a band playing, which is a great moment when you know Barrow's like trying to see like, oh, what is Lady Rose doing down here? What's the secret mm-hmm. going to be like? What could it be? And it's truly the most basic thing that ever happens. <laughs> well, and you see in base, or Barrow's face when when cousin Rose comes down and says hey there's a band playing tonight so like you gotta be cool be nice keep it on the DL mm-hmm. takes the wind out of Barrow's sails yeah nothing juicy I feel like Barrow without O'Brien he, is the departure of O'Brien where we start to see him change do we think no we start to see him change the previous season in his relationship with Jimmy like that's already happening where he's just trying to be friends with him but and, I feel like the remo- I, I feel like uh, this is my the, me putting on my behavior analyst hat um O'Brien is very much like a bad thing for Barrow. So the removal of O'Brien, especially when they turn on each other, it's like one less negative obstacle for him to to have to deal with. I don't know. I I feel like he's very much in his pocket here with his manipulation of Baxter of being a bad man uh, still. Yeah, but this is is a good one for him to get egg on his face because he realizes, you know. But he's definitely not quite as malicious. He just kind of hovers over... Baxter. I don't know. Malicious comes in different forms, and I think threatening Baxter with her secret isn't is not any good business to be in. I think it's all he's got. <laughs> okay, so he might as well just do it. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I'm not saying he's some hero or some saint, or he's turned good at this point, but he is a mm-hmm. he's softer. Yeah, he's he's not Bates who wants to murder when he thinks it would happen or whatever. <laughs> you know. Nope. Uh, uh, so. Um, other other stuff going on downstairs is Mosley's just popping around. <laughs> yeah, here's Alfred's gone. He asked Carson. He says, "I'll take the job." Mm-hmm. Carson's like, "You said no before. Not gonna offer it. <laughs> See yeah. ya." Last week on this show, you said you weren't interested. <laughs> you just said last week on Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> Mosley showed up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the job. <laughs> I'll see you later then. All right. Yes. 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 Yeah. So. Um, Mosley's we have like, like 18 scenes of Mosley being like, can I work here now? Yeah. No. And, and Mosley has a fair point. He thought Carson would have respected his pride that, you know, before when he asked him, he thought things were going well for him. He could do without Downton. But apparently Carson doesn't have respect for that. And he's complaining to uh, Hughes and Pat Moore. And then he just starts to kind of cry <laughs> in front of them. And, he, and Hughes leaves him. And he's just, the scene abruptly ends, but he's just probably sitting in that room with Pat Moore there crying. <laughs> And Pat Moore just Joe? staring at him. Yeah. Old Joe Mosley? You think so? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty sad sight. Yeah, it is a sad sight, but then O'Brien... Yeah, no, Hughes, Hughes offers him the job of serving the, the servants. Right. Because it's going to be a busy night, so he'll give them tea uh, to keep them on their toes. And this Carson is just like, look, I'm done. I quit. You can <laughs> I can't come do back. this anymore. Yeah. You can work here. And then they have a moment upstairs where he's serving food, and uh, Robert asks uh, Carson, "Can we still call him Mosley?" I think the Dowager says that because she's like, "Do we? What do we call you?" Not Joseph. No, I think Robert also asks it, and Carson's just like, "Yes, I don't see any issue with him." Mosley's like, "Really, man? <laughs> Come on, call me Joseph. Give, give me some self-respect." said hey joe and then carson's like no you just better be grateful that you even have a job now kiss my butt but <laughs> mostly's like come on man would he absolutely carson, to keep the carson, job. carson brings mostly into his office he's like have a seat joseph <laughs> i have a prop- proposition if you like this job and he just pulls down his trousers and he says this is your shot man one opportunity to see everything you ever wanted yeah it's mostly it's mostly it's the Vince McMahon, you know. You, if you want your job, you gotta you gotta kiss the ring <laughs> or yeah, the butt. <laughs> so you think Mosley does it? Absolutely, he needs the job. I mean, it's is it, statistically, it's really not that much worse than uh, laying tar and 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 working no, on the road. The stuff he was doing and, earlier in the season, absolutely not. Yeah, he was on like the equivalent of Task Rabbit in that time. He's like doing whatever he can. Yeah, and he makes a clown of himself in many other ways, anyway. So I'm sure if he had to kiss a butt or two. He'd have done it. Um, anyways, uh, what else is going on downstairs? Is that is that the majority of the stuff downstairs? Yeah, I think so. 
yeah, I mean, yeah, let's transition upstairs. Uh, Branson is just, you know, having individual conversations about people where they're like, why do you got to go? And he's like, I, 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 I don't know. I need to make a life somewhere else. Like, I don't want to live at Downton Abbey. I'm never going to be at Downton Abbey. I don't know. They It's funny having me... just watched the, the episode where he comes back. Mm-hmm. Where it's like he's like I could never see myself anywhere else. Yeah, it's like come on, Julian. <laughs> yeah, when they ask him like why do you need to leave, he might as well just say, I don't know. They they can't think of good plot lines for me, so they got to keep me busy somehow. <laughs> Something to talk about. Yeah, he's like give me give me some sort of teacher issue. Some throw some more socialist drama in front of me, please. And it's fair to say that because this is the worst season of Down as we've gone over many times. Season four. <laughs> Uh, just a lot of uh, trying to keep their head above water a little bit with some of the A whole ton beats. of treading water on in this episode. Absolutely. But you know who's not treading water but also doesn't have much this episode is Lady Edith. I mean, but the stuff that happens is uh, some heavy blows. To, this is the one-two punch. This is, she's, you're done, Edith. Bye. Oh, yeah, she gets a piece in the mail. and uh, Or no, she gets a call. She gets a phone call that Michael has disappeared in the thin air. He's already been missing for a few episodes. Uh, we haven't mm-hmm. seen him for a few episodes, but yeah, he's totally disappeared. And then she gets a letter at the end of the episode, the strings swell, and then the score, and we see that she is in a trimester. Uh, I think her first or second. She pregnant. She pregnant. And With, we see her just crying by the fire, and Robert's like, "What? hey, what's going on? And she's like, I'm your least favorite daughter. He goes, that's not, I love all my daughters equally. And she goes, Nope. You don't, and he goes, all right, I'll see you. <laughs> She's not wrong. She's not wrong at all when she says, you know, like when he says, I love all my daughters equally, and she calls him on his BS. She's correct. We've seen scenes, especially in season one, where they kind of just dread what will happen to Edith in the future because they know how hapless she is. Mm-hmm. Well, they she don't know that she, she, she's been getting it. She got it. And she's and he's gone. <laughs> so he's she's gone. left holding the bag. So... It is a nice moment between Robert and her, and I think and think they they pay it off well with the way he, you know, there's something about Marigold <laughs> and, and all that, but uh, yeah, rough go for uh, Edith this episode. And that's pretty much all that happens with her. Well, she, I mean, yeah, she's just not not in a good spot. Mm-hmm. And uh, Harold is a uh, Harold's not doing well. Right, we, we hear we, about him about ten times. Yeah, we haven't met Giamatti at all in the show. We just hear for the first time, I, I imagine, in this episode where we, we see the letters saying that he's in a dire straits with his financial situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, situation with oil investments that, that have gone sour. And Robert's of the mind that he needs to, to drink less and just take care of Mother. Um, we'll see sure. what that means for Harold and Paul Giamatti when they show up, I guess. Mm-hmm. And... Uh... We're, I guess we're kind of near in the end. There's only the, the two big ones left, right? I mean, there's three. There's, there's three. Mary and Blake. oh well. I mean, there's okay. Let's get, let's get Lady Mary out of the way. This is a nut. Yeah. There's not much with Lady Mary. Well, Evelyn Napier and, and uh, James Blake. Is it James? Blake? James Blake. No, that's a the artist. Yeah, the artist James Blake, Charles Blake. Mm-hmm. Are 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 on the compounds and. Uh, they're doing. Lady Mary thinks they're they're doing some sort of report on the the great houses, mm-hmm. and uh, Charles Blake is like, "No, we're talking about feeding the people." Yeah, meat. <laughs> so we got to figure out if these houses close, how they affect the food production in the communities. And she's like, "Wait, so you're not here to help me?" And he's all like, right. "No, nah, I don't think so." Mine's on the bacon and the pork <laughs> and the sausage. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, how do you feel about that?" About all these pigs and the, all that stuff. She's like, okay. He starts to make that sound, and she's like, well, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Who the heck are you? <laughs> yeah. The, the th- I do think they have an immediate chemistry. Well, the the issue, and we've talked about this before, is that it's a little too reminiscent of her and Matthew, where he is very much the opposite of her, but you can sense that they're going to meet somewhere in the middle, and it's like we've already been down this road with. with uh, with uh, Mary and Matthew, so I don't want to see it again. Exactly. I mean, we do get a brief mention of um, of Mabel Lane in this episode and Tony Gilliam, mm-hmm. which awesome. is uh, so that has already ended, right? What do you mean that carries on to season five? So it, oh oh it goes okay, on for two so, seasons. Yeah, geez, I forget how slow this is. Yeah. Oh yeah, so see, the next season begins with Lady Mary and mm-hmm. and. Um, 
Tony Gilliam in like the hotel room, right? Mm-hmm. There's so, a reference to a hotel room in this episode, I thought. Well, but, the uh, the bases go to dinner at a hotel, right? But so so Mabel Lane is is engaged because there's that scene. They're very very good scene that is sort yeah. of unattached to anything with Branson, Lady Mary, and Isabel in the nursery with the kids, where they're just like talking mm-hmm. about love and they how how they're the lucky ones because they got to experience love in its purest form. Yeah, yeah. very top notch. Oh, absolutely. Great Mary, Mary recounting Matthew proposing to her. It's great. It's so She's good like, there. I didn't even realize how cold I was. And it was snowing. Like, ugh. That just sweetens Chef's up that kiss. scene. Chef's yeah. kiss to Julian for that scene in this episode. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, by the way, Edith's pregnant. Oh, aren't we the lucky ones who got to be in love? And Edith <laughs> is downstairs crying. I got left at the altar by by the old man with a one working arm. My yep. current boyfriend has disappeared. Aren't and we the lucky ones? <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, they they very much verbalize in this this episode that Blake's not crazy over her, and neither is she over him. Oh boy, yeah, that's where, what where Nap- Napier's go? like. Last dude I brought here died. Oh my gosh, I, I love when uh, Blake and Napier show up because Robert walks in, and you look you look at his reaction in the scene. He's like, "Oh, Blake, I've heard of you, Napier. Oh yeah, you're that guy." Like the you gotta go back and like look at the look he's given Napier. He's like, "Oh, I know you. I know What's where up, you dude? where you been." <laughs> you a little fist pump, elbow pump. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but there, there's just a funny like rec- like recognition in his eyes. That's just like, oh man, there's gonna be some saucy times if this guy's around. And they're staying indefinitely. How crazy is that? What right. I, I think the one thing that this show does is they play fast and loose with time. So mm-hmm. this is what this is June twenty two. The next episode is July. The next episode is August. So they spent so, a couple months there. So it's definitely d- weeks, maybe. Mm-hmm. And we know for a fact that there's more going on there. And yeah. So like these dudes are just like hanging out. It's like having these two weirdos that have no interest in your future staying because you invited them, but then you're like, oh no, they don't Sometimes. want. <laughs> they're not there for us. Mm-mm. But. It, I like Charles Blake. You know I like Charles Blake. That's why I picked this episode. I'm dis- I was disappointed. Yeah. No, it's it's a bit of a letdown. We'll get to that sometime again in the future. Who knows when? Yeah. Uh let's get to the 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 pegs of the world. Let's cover that. This is iconic. As soon as I heard as soon as I knew what this episode was going to be, I was like, "Oh, baby." I just remember Ring for Tea our mm-hmm. our former rivals, maybe they'll come out from under the the rocks for movie number 2. When they would compare the show as a like good to bad, they would call it from peg to proposal. Because mm-hmm. they said, young peg is the worst plot in this whole show. The proposal is the best. It's like barely an episode. or <laughs> It's like half an Oh, episode. it's definitely a big enough point in this episode. Though. Right, he's in two episodes, young peg. Uh, Yo, young, young boy. <laughs> Dave, break it down for us. Young peg is the gardener. Mm-hmm. Isabel can't find her knife. Mm-hmm. She thinks it's young. But she says, "Who is in the house?" And Sprat Septimus says, "This is pre-Danker, by the way." Yep. Septimus says, uh, "Just just the one person and and the new garden boy, young Peg." And she says, "Wolf." All right, and then something else gets stolen. And she says, "Well, it's the letter oh. opener that's stolen is the thing that she's looking yeah, for." Yeah, the little knife. Mm-hmm. And then like another little trinket is stolen, so she cans young Peg. And yeah. Isabel's like, As- "Isabel somehow finds this out." Like young Peg goes to Isabel. Yeah, she just comes in, and I mean, she catches wind of it, and she's not pleased. She's like, what would you do to that boy? Because he's, like, complaining somewhere in the town or something like that, or he's out and about in the town. <laughs> he's just ki- he's kicking rocks on Main Street. Yeah. Uh, I want I want that. That's This is what Julia needs to do. We need to know Young Peg in all the scenes between the scenes he's in. I don't think we do. I really don't. The you guy, don't want to see him, like, <laughs> He's not a gifted actor. Me. He's I not think a, he is. We don't know his true gift. What do you mean? Do, uh, do they allude he to do, a, he a does, true gift? He no, no, not the actor's true gift. Okay, know his range. I mean, and we may never. Let me just recount to you, Dave, the the actor who plays Young Peg. Uh, Did we do this the last time? Yeah, the, the his acting credits on IMDb. Okay, so two episodes of John Peg in Downton Abbey. Uh, an appearance as Ralphie in The Rise of the Foot Soldier Three in 2017. So there's a. a four-year gap between that and Downton Abbey. Did you see how far down the cast he, Ralphie is? Uh, 
he's pretty far down the cast. <laughs> pretty far down. And then, of course, he reappeared to all of us in the English game last year as Ted Stokes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, oh he's back. He's so back. literally two of his three acting credits are Julian giving him a job. <laughs> you think he's like, do you think he was Julian's gardener, maybe? <laughs> that would be likely. I, I would believe that. His name in real life is John C. Elmore. Let's get him on the pod. Is he on, on Instagram? I'm sure it wouldn't be that hard. The guy is probably looking for work. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know, man. He he does what he can with this with with this underwritten role, <laughs> anyways. Dave, are you really trying to look up his contact information right now? Oh, Chauncey, J O N C I E. Yeah. What do you think I said? <laughs> like John C. Riley, John. No, no, it's it's just Chauncey. <laughs> uh, let's let's get him on. <laughs> Okay, yeah, well, let's try and contact. He's him. on the gram. Yeah. Guess how many Instagram followers John C. Five thousand. Elmore has. Five thousand. Let me just click to see if this is really him. Five thousand. What you say, John C. Yeah. Uh, three hundred and thirty. Three hundred thirty. Young Peg. <laughs> wow, he's got a, he's got Wait, less. It, 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 He's got less yeah, followers no than us John C. Uh, John C. Elmore. Yeah, this is definitely him. He's got he, less followers he, than our Instagram account. <laughs> this is absolutely him. We he, gotta follow. We gotta follow him. We need to, to get. Yeah. All right. We'll look into it. We'll look into it. And his right. he has a post from July fourth, twenty twenty. That's mm-hmm. him from Down Abbey. All right. We'll, we'll we'll look into it. Okay. We'll leave it as is. But anyways, let's get back to this episode. Uh, so, yeah, the Dowager believe he, believes he took a knife. She fired him. Isabel chastises for it. You know, it says that the Dowager just goes on about things, 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 and puts too much emphasis on objects and not the human life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she comes back around, Isabel, when the Dowager's not there, finds the knife. and well, she, she, she does this obnoxious thing where she f- f- pretends to, like, faint a little bit mm-hmm. and asks Brad if she can sit. And then she snoops and finds the knife. Yep. And gives it to Spratt. And then she comes back with Dr. Clarkson. Yeah. Trying to be like, look, I brought backup. And I imagine Dr. Clarkson's like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I don't want nothing to do with any of you. You guys have put me through it. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, she thinks that she's got the Dowager caught, caught, uh, caught out, but she doesn't. Oh, the iconic moment. This is yeah. so good. This Five is steps excellent. Ahead. Because when Isabel confronts her, the Dowager's like, oh, I already took care of it. Go fetch young Peg. And you see Isabel's face. This is this is a pro wrestling moment where you're like, oh. oh. Yeah. Should have seen this coming. And he comes we're, in without yeah, any Peg. shoes on. Yeah, because uh, he Spratt doesn't want him walking around on the carpets. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's got his job back and everything. She, she told him it's a mistake and everything's back to normal. And that's the end of the plot line. Yeah, we just see somebody else with egg on their face. Yeah, Isabel's just put in their place, uh, you know, yet again by Lady Grantham. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Uh, w- w- enjoyable plot line. I don't think it's the worst. I think it's it's fine for what it oh, is. Oh, this is great. This is this a great is... one-episode arc. Aside Look. from bringing Dr. Clarkson in, it's great. Oh, yeah, she does bring Dr. Clarkson to have her back, <laughs> um, which doesn't really help out. He's like, well, I don't know. What if he did steal <laughs> he's, it? He's like, but don't put, don't put me between this. I don't want anything to do with yeah. you two. I love how uh, Isabel kind of just uses Clarkson there <laughs> completely. Um, anyways, though, but, I mean, this is just true to season four. Julian was busy. He, he couldn't give his full attention to the season, clearly, and he was booking week to week, and he had to plug something in, and I'm glad it was something enjoyable like this and not awful. So, yeah, give John, give John C. some work. Absolutely. Give him some more work. Give the man work. Do you think that John C. had a one-episode deal, and then Julian was so impressed, he was <laughs> like, bring him back. He's Let's have one the more, week. Yeah, one more round. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Rose. Back to what we were saying at the top. Rose is going to throw a party for Robert's birthday. Mm-hmm. She getting a band. Yes. And uh, wait, so this is June. You said, Dave. This is uh, episode uh, six, June nineteen twenty-two. So you're telling me Robert has a birthday in the month with us? He shares it with us too, Dave. Of course. You, you knew that. Incredible. Perfect. Uh, 
yeah, so everyone's to keep it a secret, and then midway through the episode, Robert's like, so what about my birthday? <laughs> what you guys doing for it? And they're like, how'd you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, because, you know, someone in the town uh, had loose lips about it, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, he knows something's going on. It's his birthday. It's his big one. No, He's but he, heard, he hears from someone. They couldn't, they couldn't keep it secret. Well, they, but, he doesn't know it's a band, though. Right. He doesn't know the details of it. And, so, I mean, everyone knows it's a band. A nightclub mm-hmm. band, but nobody knows. Uh-oh. Yeah, what kind of what kind of nightclub? Uh, yeah, because uh, Jack Ross shows up downstairs, and then Carson immediately I, fumbles over with his teapot. <laughs> I forgot I forgot this was how we are introduced to Jack Ross, so I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was up, fired I up. I introduced to him. We, we know who he is at this point. Oh, yeah, but we haven't watched these other episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Very I haven't there. seen Jack Ross in a long time. Mm-hmm. He walks in and he says, I'm black, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and Carson tries to play it cool. Like, we're, we're progressive here, yes. <laughs> and Jack Ross kind of rolls with it. He's like, yeah, okay, whatever you say, man. I mean, it's to be expected back then. And, you know, to their credit, everyone, you know, is like, oh, this is unexpected. We'll go with it. We'll roll with it. You know. Yeah, the Dowager even shuts Edith up about it. Yeah, I mean, so they come up to play and Robert's like, huh, huh. Let's dance. <laughs> and then he just splits on the floor. And it's like, whoa, Robert, did not know you had these moves in you. And in the, the Dowager's with Edith, and Edith is like, this is this is weird. Mm-hmm. And the Dowager's like, hey, times change. I got to yeah. go. Let's, yeah. let's boogie. A, a little bit of progressive there for the Dowager, which we rarely see. I guess Edith is just really stuck in her feelings uh, in this episode. Yeah, and we see who is it who talks. Is it um, Napier that talks to the Dowager about, or is it Branson talks about jazz to the Dowager? And she has the line, like, how must it be playing when everyone's playing something different? Yeah, yeah, one of those two to say that to her. Uh, we get but there's that. also, while, the, while they're playing, do you notice who's there watching the band play? There's one wide shot of the band playing. Do you see who's in the audience? Is, uh, is uh, Barrow breakdancing in the back, uh, background? No. His head? There's someone very special, some, some very special female character watching the band play. I did not see, no. It's Isis. Isis is chilling watching the band. Oh, the dog? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, kudos to, to it's Isis. It's up on two paws. <laughs> dancing. Is someone dancing with the dog, or he's just doing no, it? No, Isis is dog. just like sitting on the floor watching. I was like, that's Aww. a very well behaved dog. Do you think Isis, the dog, was just on the set regularly? Probably. And just bring her in with the It might have been like, like a Carnarvon's dog or something. I don't know. Maybe it was just a loose dog on the set that they just have roaming around. Julian's like, right. Let's write an episode about this one. Yeah. Uh, so they it goes over well. Everyone's happy to have them there, and you know it's a success. And then at the end of the evening, uh, Mary comes downstairs to you know thank him because we do see Robert upstairs talking to Cora that you know he actually appreciated it. You know it was mm-hmm. nice. Uh, so she goes to extend. You know, and Cora, Cora says, Cora says, come to bed and dream of ragtime. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Robert's like, what? It's my birthday. Okay. <laughs> We're going to ragtime it. Um, but, yeah, Mary wants to tell Ross to, to bill directly, you know, that, that they'll, they'll cover the costs. But she catches Jack and Rose snogging, snogging on a level that Jimmy was trying to do with Ivy, and they're down for it. Mm-hmm. And, and Mary does the thing where she, like, turns around, and she's like, I gotta, I've seen what I've seen. Mm-hmm. i got to c- complete the mission. And I'm she's just like, surprised who's that down they, here? Yeah. I'm surprised they're doing it so publicly. Rose is dumb. Rose isn't yeah. the most well, subtle she's human. Yeah. Yes. So she, she doesn't know better yet. But, but she, Jack she Ross a, is a nice dude. Yeah. So they have a good time. And it all works out. And that's a humdrum episode of Downton for you. <laughs> right there. That's it. We did it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> 4.6. There you have it. Now, let's, let's do these power rankings while we're here. Yeah. Who do you got going down? I got Aunt, oh, I got Daisy at number three. Same. It's just... She's, uh, she's, all, she's awful. It's petty. She stinks. It's, it's bad. Bunch, it's stupid. Yeah, bunch of pettiness. Number two, it's Anna. Anna? She's crying in the middle of a restaurant, man. She ain't yeah, over... It, she's on the upswing. She's on the upswing. Is she? She's crying yeah. in the middle of a, of a restaurant. That's not an upswing. That's a, that's a midlife crisis. You think she's in her midlife? You think she's that old? I mean, for back then, yeah. She's like 25. Okay, sure. Okay. I got Isabel at number two. 
she brings a Mr. Dr. Clarkson to come yeah. put the dowager in her place, and the dowager is like, nah, 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 nah. I've done this. You it's have fair. not. Yeah. Well, number one, I got Edith going down because... I mean, that's that's obvious. Th- that's the breaks <laughs> for her this week. The least favorite daughter. Absolutely. Who's going up for you, Dave? I got Alfred at number three. Okay. Good episode for Alfred. He thinks he's going to stay. He mm-hmm. gets the job. He, he tries to make peace with Daisy, and even when she's not giving it to him, she does give it to him. He still is on the level with her, mm-hmm. and he walks away, and then... She even turns on for him. So yeah. good job, Alfred. Well, number three, I got Young Peg. The guy got cleared. He got his job back. <laughs> and That's I think, Jay. Yeah. Jossie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, good for him. You know, he, he's he's a good dude. And is he only in two he's, scenes? Is he a good dude? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. he's in two scenes. Yeah. He's fired, and then he's brought back to prove the point. Would you have rather seen Young Peg than uh, Danker for season five and six? Absolutely. Absolutely, a hundred million percent. Young I hate Peg, Danker. Yeah, Young Peg getting drunk at like bars and stuff like that. You know, just <laughs> oh, so you're saying if they just the plots were just yeah, he's just messing with with Sprat all the time. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Yeah. So uh, who's number two, Dave? I got Violet. I think this is a massive win for Violet. Sure. It's, it's Who do you week. have? I got Mosley. He's got a job now. Okay, well, Mosley's number one, man. Well, I got Alfred number one. You got Alfred at number one. He got the toast at the top. <laughs> Mosley, Mosley, Mosley just keeps on pushing Carson until he's like. Well, Mosley would almost be at the top if it wasn't for the fact that he uh, has to go by Mosley upstairs. He doesn't get any respect. <laughs> he doesn't get Joseph, but I don't think yeah. he cares. It's kind of like how Hughes stays Hughes after the wedding. What's Carson's last name? Carson is his last name. So wait, the, what's the what's the whole hubbub about him being Mosley if Carson is just Carson? Because <laughs> I think it's a status situation where oh okay. he is the butler. Gotcha. So he's he Charlie. Remember cheerful Charlie's? Right. So so he earned that in a way, and Mosley is just he's just a one man. Also, it's, it's kind of a status thing too, secretly. Yeah. Wow. That's what I was just saying. Yeah. So I didn't think about it like that. Well, good for Mosley, I guess then. <laughs> Yeah, getting some some getting a good look. Well, I'll swap it then. Mosley's number one for me. Alfred's number two. There we have it. Good job. Good job. <laughs> Alfred's going to school. Mosley got a job, and he got the dunk on Carson. Yeah, but I do I do like that moment with Alfred and Daisy at the end, where you know she comes to and's like, you know, I'm sorry, <laughs> sorry, dude, man. I, I should have been better. Yeah, like I shouldn't have worried so much about you not liking me. Right. Uh. And just for reference, last time when we did this uh, episode, I had Alfred at number one still. Mosley okay. at number two, and then Jack Ross at number three. Hey, Jack Ross, you, you could make the case. Yeah, absolutely. He, he performs, every, wins everyone over, gets paid well. Good dude. Good dude. It should have stuck around a little bit longer. I mean, he is, does stick around a little bit longer. A little bit longer. Um, yeah, that, that's the episode. Yeah. Dave, what, what else have you been watching, man? Uh, the circle ended, so uh, nothing. No, I, I, I'm the Sopranos. I, I finished season one. Okay. And I started season two, and it's very good. It's very easy to watch. It's consistent. It's fun. Okay. What about you, Corey? What's on What's on your docket? Uh, on the low, I've been watching that show on NBC, the Zoe's uh, Extraordinary Playlist or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. first on season- the low. Yeah, just because it's like I don't know, it's kind of just like a cringy rom com, especially in the first. Isn't season. that the one with uh, the guy from Pitch Perfect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Skylar Aston. Skylar Aston. Yeah. So, so like the whole gimmick is that she can hear people's inner thoughts when they sing, and the first season it was watchable, but all the songs were terrible. Like they just chose all these weird like old seventies classic rock songs, or just mm-hmm. they just have the, didn't have the budget for like recognizable songs. The songs this season are much better, and it's made for a better show in a lot of ways. So okay been enjoying the season so it's been been pretty good and uh i don't know if you watch any snapchat original content dave no i watched like the the mtv tattoo one i've seen that one oh, okay because i'm a big fan of phone swap on there where two people go on blind dates and then they uh are told that they have to swap phones and then after perusing the other person's phone have to decide if they would go on a second date with that person and that's that's weird yeah, well, that's the whole gimmick, and every episode it always just results in like, 
oh no, there's nudes on the phone, oh no, <laughs> or like, you know, they're still talking to an ex, or they're still chatting with people, well, Snapchat, I just realized, recently uh, rolled out the Indian version of the show, <laughs> and it's it's a whole different kind of hilarious on there, because like, Oh no. The the men are just a lot more open with like dating multiple women. <laughs> like one girl's like I was recently cheated on. I don't think I want to date you cuz I think you cheated on me and, and the guys like you're not wrong. I, I do it. <laughs> I do it. <laughs> and, and then like I I mean cuz they don't have computers or anything over there so they keep finding the, the, the other, on the other person's phone like porn that they recently looked at like whoa, it's still open in the tab. <laughs> uh it's great. It's so hilarious. Well, all right if you want you want if you want some throwaway cheap uh how long are these episodes five minutes tops okay all right that's fine it's d- that. quick disposable highly recommended okay <laughs> yeah so that's what i've been watching <laughs> don't know about you great i'm watching one of the greatest television shows ever made in history <laughs> hey man game changer emmy winner you're watching people swapping phones <laughs> In India, man. To each their own. Yeah, yeah. Do they speak in English or is it dubbed? Uh, they speak half English, half uh, whichever dialect that they have going on over there because, you know, there's like a hundred different dialects in India. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, and you know, like data usage and like phone usage, like it's, it's limited over there. So it's, it's it's interesting dynamic, you know, just searching people's WhatsApp conversations. Uh. Anyways, though, you know where to find the rest of our stuff. It's on uh, Facebook. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, we have a website. Uh, you can leave a, a star rating and review if you so choose. We have a Patreon. We got merch. You know where to find us. Indeed, indeed. And we'll catch you next time on the pod. <laughs>